And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and less to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. Eagle Whistler. The tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the tantalizing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's Gangbusters from 1948, but first, Lisa Wolf Dylan is our lyricist for Learning the Lyrics. Lisa will read popular song lyrics. I'll try to guess the name of the songs while you play along at home, right, Lisa? Yep. Now, last week was a big bust, so hopefully you'll do better yeah. today. Mike, what do you think? Is it like a double D? You know, I'm not sure. I, I, he knows all of these songs. I think so, too. You and said I it was think a, he'll, he'll said probably... I was a, I'm sorry. She said I was a big bust. I said, was it at Double D? Are you looking know, Carl, at me was for it? an answer? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a response to that? <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, songs that begin with the letter E. Uh-huh. And we're going to see what kind of a bust you have this evening. Uh-huh. What is your prediction, Mike? He'll get two of them. I'm going to get two? Yeah. Gosh. Wow. That's pretty I'm going to go with one, the middle one. Mm-hmm. That for sure. Yeah. All right. All right. I tried to make these songs you know and love. So let's okay. go to the first song. All right. It's a getting closer, going faster than a roller coaster. It's a going closer, faster than a roller coaster. Love like yours will oh, surely so, come uh, my way. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. It's hey. a roller coaster. It's, a, <laughs> it's like a fun song, right? It is. Okay. It's a getting faster. It's a getting faster. Everyone said, go ahead and ask her. Love like yours will surely come my way. A hey, a hey, hey. Hey, hey. (laughs) Every day seems a little longer. Every day seems a little longer. Every way loves a a little little stronger. stronger. Come what may, Mm -hmm. do you ever long for true love from me? And then we're back to the chorus. It's a getting closer. It's a getting closer. Going faster than a roller coaster. Love like yours will surely come my way. hey. Hey, hey, I, I <laughs> hey, hey, can't hey. get it. I'm, hey, hey, hey. I'm not going to get it. Okay, let's hear it. Every day it's a getting closer, going faster than a roller coaster. Love like yours will surely come my way. It's a, hey, 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 hey. This is Buddy Holly. Yes, Buddy Holly. Every day. I just saw the Buddy Holly story, a show yeah. uh, recently in the area here in Chicago, which was fantastic. Buddy Holly. So I have Buddy Holly on the brain. And uh, hey, what is this? Hey, hey, this is called Every Day. Oh. All right. All right. It's a good song. Yeah, I tell you, man, I love Buddy Holly. He's yeah. great. I mean, but uh, I wouldn't have got that. Oh, come on. You know that no. song, Carl. Every day yeah, that one. is a roller coaster. That one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not, you know, I don't 
I love Buddy Holly, but that's well. I was limited by the first letter, fault. so um, I think it's her fault, right, Mike? <laughs> Mike, of, come on, that was fair game. Come on, that right, was is a this good the song. one I'm going to get? I think so. Obviously. That was you will get. Yes. My prediction was one, and it's right. this one. Okay, just like the white winged dove sings a song, sounds like she's singing. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, I know. I... You know this one, Mike, right? You know this one? Yes, definitely. Just like the white winged dove. Just like the white wing. Sings this song, sounds like she's singing. Ooh, baby, ooh, said ooh. Yeah. And the days go by like a strand in the wind. In the web that is my own, I begin again. Said to my friend, baby, nothing else mattered. He was no more than a baby then. Well, he seemed broken hearted something within him anything but the uh. moment that i first laid eyes on, on him, him all alone yeah that brought you up to the chorus i and then we're back I ha- to I just like, like the white winged dove. i have like one word okay and it's the word that starts i think the okay. song but that's all i know okay i think it's edge it is yeah that's all i can it's think the of. first word do I get anything for you that? You don't, no. Oh. So sorry. Edge of... Glory? No. <laughs> edge of... Edge of, yes. I don't know. Edge of. I don't know. Okay, let's hear it. Just Stevie like Nicks. Ooh. 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 Love her voice. What a voice. What a voice. I mean, just amazing. I love it. I love the song. I love her voice. I had this album. It's a great one. I don't know if I had it, but it's great. Isn't this Rumors? Fleetwood Mac? Rumors? I think so. What's the name of the song? Edge of 17. Yeah, Edge of 17. Darn. Yeah. Darn, darn, darn. This is hard. <laughs> because these are all songs you know. It's very hard, though. It's right here. Moment that I first laid eyes on him. Edge of 17. I mean, remember when you were 17? I do. Barely, yeah. Oh, I remember. I, mean, I was a junior in high school. Yeah, we were all juniors I, in high school. I, I was a senior. I, well, you flunked a couple. Of yeah, <laughs> I was a little slow. You flunked four or five classes. Yeah, just a few. Four or five years. All right. Well, you also know this song. So <laughs> let's see how it goes. Okay. Uh, it's over and done, but the heartache lives on inside. Oh, and who is the one you're clinging to instead of me tonight? And where are you now? Now that I need you. Tears on my pillow, wherever you go. I cry me a river that leads to your ocean, but you never see me fall apart in the words of a broken heart. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Get out of here. I can't. It's too slow for him. Yeah, these are all slow. No, these are not all slow. That is not not one rock and roll, like. Rock and roll, Edge of 17, Stevie Nicks. That's not a rock and roll song. Yes, that is rock and roll. Mike. I'm not getting involved in this one. <laughs> yes, it is. Fleetwood Mac is rock and roll, baby. And you love this group. 
This group? Yeah. Is it the Rolling Stones? It is not. Is it the Bee Gees? Yes. It's the Bee Gees? Yes. I think I kind of... I I keep going. You love this song. I I just brought you up to the chorus. All right. That's taken me over, tied up in sorrow, lost in my soul. But if you don't come back, come home to me, darling. You know that there'll be nobody left in this world to hold me tight. Nobody left in this world to kiss goodnight. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Take me right up to the chorus. I did. Um, What's the two lines before the chorus? But you never see me fall apart in the words of a broken heart. Words of a broken heart. And then there's the word with an E. It's just. It's just emotion. (laughs) See, that's what when I ask you to do it, you got to do what I'm asking. Because I I know it's all my fault. Emotion. Emotion. The Bee Gees. Emotion. I worked it out. Huh? Uh, Good job. I mean, this is classic. Come on, Bee Gees. This is uh, Bee Gees with Samantha saying that this is Samantha. You know how many times I was at Galaxy Discotech dancing? To this song, you know, I'll share kid, something with you about this song. When I was sixteen or seventeen, yeah. I, I, here, here's the thing: when I was um, going to bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs, this uh-huh. was a very popular song, right? And there was a boy that I liked, right? And um, I remember him very clearly. His name was Did he Brad. Have braces? No, maybe okay. his name was Did he have Brad. Pimples? Probably. Did he and have greasy we hair? used to sing to dance to this song. So, Mike. She liked this kid. He had braces, pimples, and greasy hair. No, he didn't have greasy that hair. That sounds right. Yeah. Oh, he was cute. He was I cute? I don't know if he's cute now. <laughs> what was his know. name? Brad. Brad? Brad. Hey, Brad. Brad, he doesn't know who I am anymore. We haven't spoken <laughs> in about you? 13, Oh, my 14. gosh, 13. Can you imagine uh, how shy Lisa was I at was. 13? Can I you was. imagine, Mike? We would slow dance, and I was just You would scared. slow dance? And I thought that was a big deal. Oh, we sure. We were touching. Oh, my we were gosh. They were well, at 13, when you're close, it's a big to do. They were dancing close to each other, this Mike. This song reminds me of Brad from 13 Brad. years hey, old. Hey, Brad. I wonder Brad. where he is right now. I don't know. Where did he live? I don't know anything. Where did he live back then? In Highland Park. Oh. Mm. Hey, Brad, are you out there? <laughs> hey, Brad. <laughs> I don't know. You don't remember if he had braces? I don't remember. Okay. I didn't. I'm trying to get a visual. He had dark hair and he was short and pudgy. He was short and pudgy? <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, <Yeah. laughs> she likes short, pudgy guys. <laughs> oh, my God. That's know. funny. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Lisa Walsh. I got one. You did. It's better than Hang none. on a second. One is good. I got one. All right. All right. When we come back, it's gangbusters. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. 
I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Gangbusters, Lisa, was a government drama. It was created by Phillips H. Lord in 1935. That's a long time ago. And it was known as the only national program that brings you authentic police case histories. Now, the reason why they said that was because they were really like the first one. I mean, later, Dragnet did that, Tales from the Texas Rangers, This Is Your FBI, you know, all of those shows. But Gangbusters was really the first one. That's why they were able to say that. Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, the dramatizations were um, were from closed cases from the FBI, and they had the full blessing of the bureau director J. Edgar Hoover. He was all about it. He's like, you know what? Come on, we'll give you these files, dramatize these, and and make us look good. Mm-hmm. That's what he was all about. Look, make the bureau look good, and they did. Yeah, you know, it was always you know all about how great the FBI was. And the opening of each show began with a loud barrage of sound effects, shrill police whistles and convicts marching and police sirens. And um, it got the nickname the loudest radio show of all shows. And and then the catchphrase coming on like gangbusters. It's all from this radio show. You hear that? You know, I don't know. People don't use that so much today, but coming on like gangbusters. Right. It aired um, until 1957. It's a long time, 1935 until 1957. Then there was a TV version hosted for a time by Chester Morris, who played Boston Blackie in the movies. This is called The Case of the Appointment with Death, December 18, 1948. Here's part one of Gangbusters. Now, Gangbusters, presented in cooperation with police and federal law enforcement departments throughout the United States. The only national program that brings you authentic police case histories. Tonight, Gangbusters presents the case of the appointment with death. When a courageous policewoman waited for a deadly killer whom police didn't even know. Gangbusters has asked the Honorable Frederick H. Block, Assistant United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York, to narrate tonight's case. Thank you, and good evening, Gangbusters listeners. Let's start tonight's case in a second-floor room of a dingy rooming house near the bay section of a large eastern city. It was five o'clock in the morning, and persistent pounding on the door of Vicki Chester was needed to awaken her. She was by trade a night spot hostess and had retired only an hour before. For a moment, Vicky sat on the edge of the bed, 
Then, as the door pounding persisted, she slipped on a light negligee and went to the door. Oh, all right, all right, take it easy. Five o'clock in the morning. Oh, who is it? Come on, come on, let me in. Who is it? You don't know me. Well, then a fine chance you got. I'd think twice before I let in somebody I know. Now it's five o'clock. Go on away. I got a lot of sleep to catch up on. I'm a friend of Pinky's. Oh. Yeah? That's right, that's right. Come on, come on, open up. Pinky who? Waldo. Pinky Waldo. Just a second. Come in. Oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. Excuse me for not being more formally dressed. Don't bother me any. Company was the last thing I expected at five o'clock in the morning. Oh, Pinky's sort of a magic word around here, huh? Pinky and I meant a lot to each other. Did you see him in? Were you cellmates or something? How's he look? I didn't even know Pinky was doing a bit until I tried to look him up tonight. Oh? You see, Pinky owes me a lot. He said if I ever got to this burg, he'd pay off. <laughs> Looks as if I got the town too late. Yeah, about a le- year too late. Or about three years too early, whichever way you want to look at it. Now go on, I don't get much sleep as it is. Uh, did Pinky ever mention, uh, Slim to you? Slim? Yeah. You want Slim. I'm Slim. Well, sit down, Slim. Make yourself at home. <laughs> Listen, if it weren't for you, I'd never even have met Pinky. He'd have been stuck away in some can in West Virginia. It was in Ohio. Yeah, that's... Say, who told you about me? I heard about you. Well, couldn't you wait until noon or sometime? Do you have to go pounding on doors at this hour? And incidentally, how'd you manage to get in the downstairs door? That's always locked. I managed. Ain't that enough? Yeah, I guess it is. What'd you want with Pinky? I'm broke. Well, don't look at me. I ain't no good for a touch. No, it's not a touch I'm looking for. I just want somebody with connections to get me a heater. Oh. Who do you know? Listen, Slim. You look like a nice guy, but I don't want to get mixed up in anything. Well, what are you going to get mixed up in? All I want you to do is to tell me where I can get my hands on a gun cheap. Well, I... Now, look, look. I'm trying to make enough to get to Arizona. There's a good deal waiting for me there. I had a bundle, but I was chump enough to get in a crap game in Jersey City. Took my last nickel to come here and look up Pinky. Well, Pinky can't do you no good now, not from where he's sitting. No, but you can. Come on now, how about it? Where can I get my hands on a gun? All right, okay. I work at a joint called The Barrel over on... Yeah, 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 I know. I was there. It was closed. <laughs> well, they got laws about closing, you know. What about the heater? You come around to The Barrel about 10 o'clock tonight. There's a guy I'll introduce you to. He can take care of me? If I recommend you, yeah. Good. You know, you ain't bad looking, you know. I don't want to waste any time. How long are you going to be around here, Slim? Not any longer than I can help it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Arizona. You're sure that this connection can furnish me a gun? Relax, Slim. You'll get your heater. Just come around to the joint tonight. Listen, Vicky, I got no more dough to spend on drinks. Where is this clown? You're always in a hurry, Slim. Sit still. He'll be here. You're sure that he can take care of what I want? You'll get to Arizona. Don't... Uh-huh. Didn't I tell you to have patience? There he is. Him? Yeah, him. He don't look much like an operator. Well, what do you care how he looks as long as he's got the goods? Wait till I give him the... Oh, he spotted me. Here he comes. Uh, when I give you the high sign, blow. Listen, you don't have to tell me. I don't want to get involved in any deal. Hello, Vicky. 
How goes it? You selling lots of rat gut for the house? I sell my share. Jack, Slim. Hi. Sit down, Jack. Thanks. My feet are killing me. Jack. Yeah? Slim's a friend of Pinky's. Ah, you don't say. I do say. Well, any friend of Pinky's a friend of mine. Put it there, Slim. Slim's got some business for you, Jack. What can I do for you? Uh, look, boys. You'll excuse me. The boss is getting peeved, my sitting at one table so long. Yeah, go ahead, kid. And, uh, thanks. For what? <laughs> for a lot of things. Okay. I'll float around later. Nice girl, that Vicky. Sweet as they come. We could talk about that all night. Not me. Early to bed, early to rise. It's my motto. What can I do for you, Slim? I want a heater. Cheap. Cheap? You heard me. What I got was all hard to come by. Well, what have you got? Anything you want. I aim to please. What, for uh, around 20 bucks? 20 bucks? Yeah, that's all I'm going to spend. Well, I got an old beat-up Colt 38 special. It ain't much good. I'll take it. I wouldn't recommend it to my worst enemy. I said I'll take it. Okay. A customer is always right. <laughs> That's what you always say, huh? Always. Uh, when do you want it? Right now. Let's go. You're in an awful hurry. Uh, slim, ain't that right? Yeah, that's right. Now, where's the gun? Gotta make me some dough beginning tonight. Why rush? Haste makes waste. Why don't we have a drink on Come it? on, come on. Let's get the gun. Okay. You're the doctor. You can always tell who the bad guys are in these shows, right? It's pretty it's clear. Like, hey, I, listen, I need a heater. Yeah. Yeah, you need a heater? You, well, how much you got to spend for the heater? Well, I got 20 bucks. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't give you much for 20 bucks, but uh, all the bad guys had that. Maybe they just had, you know. Well, they only have their voices to work with. You don't see their bodies. I mean, they're their, never like, hey, how you postures. doing there? How's, right. how's hey, things going? Bad guy. Hi, how are you? <laughs> All right, we're listening to Gangbusters from 1948. It's called The Case of the Appointment with Death. Ooh. Ominous. We'll get back to that and more of Hollywood 360 after this. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Hey, before we get back to Gangbusters... I want to remind everyone listening that we have an incredible sponsor called Good Old Days. They're a magazine that um, is all about the... Good old days. Yeah, the good old days. That makes sense. Um, you name it, 
It's in this magazine. It's so terrific. All kinds of articles about times that we we love, the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. And many of the articles are written by people that actually get the magazine, and they send in stories of their lives. And But there's all kinds of great articles, and, and um, I write an article, actually, about classic radio. It's called Good Old Days on the Radio, a whole page, full page. Started out as a half page. Now it's a full page. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is a magazine that if you love our radio show, you'll love subscribing to this magazine. Now, here's the easiest way to get it. You just go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com, Hollywood360radio.com, and uh, scroll down to the Good Old Days banner. You'll save 75% off the newsstand price. If you uh, click through on that uh, banner, 75% off. Uh, Good Old Days Magazine, it's fantastic. It's it's um, published by a company called Annie's Publishing, and they've been around a long, long time. And uh, this is their crown jewel magazine, Good Old Days. Go to our website, scroll down, click, and takes you to a special page where you will save 75% off when you subscribe. All right, we're listening to Gangbusters. It's interesting because the lead girl in this story, her name is Leslie Woods, and she played Mary Wesley on Boston Blackie, okay? And when uh, you listen to any Boston Blackie radio show and you hear her, she sounds so sweet and so nice. Mm-hmm. And so, but on this show, she's a bad, she's a bad gal, so she kind of... She's talking like a female version of those mm-hmm. guys, you know, so take a listen to her. Okay. Um, all right, let's go back to December 18th, 1948, the case of the appointment with death. This is a true story on Gangbusters. What do you say we take a turn up 80th, Serge? Sure, Ed. Up and back and we'll call it a night, okay? <laughs> yeah, I got... Hey. Hmm? Look at that. Yeah. Kind of late for anyone to be huddled in a doorway. Uh, let's have a peek at him, eh? Stay here and cover me, Sergeant. Right, Ed. Hey, buddy. We're police officers. We... That's far enough, copper. Watch him! Oh, police officer! All right, all right, take it easy. Yeah, what do you want? It's me, Slim, open up. Oh. How many times do I have to tell you? Five o'clock in the morning, I'm yeah, asleep yeah, yeah, like yeah, all these... Yeah, well... yeah, I was in the neighborhood, Vicky. Well, it's a fine reason. Well, I'm in a jam. I want to stay here a few hours. What kind of a jam? The worst kind. Believe me. Oh, well, then, look, you better get out of here. I can't. I can't go out on the street. Not right now. Now, listen, Slim. Pinky or no pinky, enough's enough. I don't want trouble. What kind of trouble can you get keeping me here a few hours? Well, I... I don't know. <laughs> what kind? When do you say we sit down? All right. Why not? I, um, guess you'll be leaving for Arizona a lot quicker now, huh? What makes you think so? Well, you get a gun, you get in trouble. The worst kind of trouble. Suppose we forget about my trouble. Okay, Slim. I hate trouble anyway. Come here, Vicky. Oh, Slim. 
Well, well. What do you think Pinky will have to say about that? Who cares? Let him say anything he likes. So, gangbusters listeners, as police were searching the neighborhood for the killer, the murderer, John Slim Patterson, had found a place to hide for a few hours. As he enjoyed the company of one woman, he had no idea another would be called upon to play an important part in bringing this case to a conclusion. The criminal, John Slim Patterson, obtained a gun and used it to murder a detective. As the search began and the alarm spread, Sergeant Earl Howard was standing in the corridor at the hospital, where the detective's body was taken. He heard steps approaching and looked up to see Detective Captain Frank Delaney. Hello, Sergeant. Captain. He's dead, Captain. He was dead on arrival. Yes, I heard. What about his family? They've been notified? Yes, they're all in there. I'd like to talk to him. Come on. Helen Branch, uh, she's a policewoman attached to the forgery squad. She's a friend of the family, Captain. She brought them. Yes, I know. Maybe it'd be best if I took you back home. There's nothing you can do here. Oh, excuse me, dear. Hello, Sergeant. Have you heard? Did they get the killer yet? No, not yet. How are you, Captain? Helen, do you think it'd be all right if I talked with her a minute? I think so. I think she'd appreciate it. Suppose we step outside, Helen. All right, Sergeant. That's an awful thing. For them to wake her in the middle of the night, for them to tell her her husband's dead. Yes, I can imagine. Every time he went out on duty, she was afraid it would happen. For years, every day, she was afraid. Now she doesn't have to be afraid anymore. Look, Helen, when you go back in, would you tell her we're doing everything we can to get the killer? I wish I could be assigned to it. I wish I could do something. It's going to be a tough job. If there's ever anything I can do, call on me. Promise you'll call on me, Sergeant. All right, Helen. I promise. Captain Delaney. Oh, yes. What does it look like? Oh, is that so? Come in, Sergeant. That old, huh? Okay, if you run anything else, give me a call. Hello, Captain. Sit down, Sergeant. Thanks. That was a report of the bullet that killed Ed. Oh? It was a thirty-eight caliber slug. Apparently, it came from a Colt Special. Forty-year-old Colt Special, at least forty. The grooves run counterclockwise in the slug. Mm -hmm. We haven't made that type of gun in forty years. What's new with you? Oh, nothing much. We spend all day shaking down rooming houses in the neighborhood. Not a trace of them. Well, I imagine he's still in town, Earl. The publicity this thing's is getting ought to keep him pretty close to his room. And pretty scared. Captain, I'd like to try something. What? Well, maybe this guy has a room in that neighborhood. Maybe he hasn't. Seems to me more of a cinch that he's been hanging out in one of the joints down there. Mm hmm Well, suppose I pack a bag and visit a few of them. Suppose I get the word around that I'm a hot customer from Philly. Maybe you got an idea, Earl. I don't think there's anything to lose except a little time. And maybe I can make connections that'll lead me to the right guy. Okay, Earl. Have a try at it. 
like I was saying, boys, what's another drink? You buy me a drink, hey, and Mickey. I'll be... Uh, what? Telephone. Oh, okay. Excuse me, will you, fellas? Yeah, sure. Go on back. Oh, hiya, Jack. Why don't we sit down, Vicky? Want you to meet a guy. I got a call on the phone right now. I'll be right back. Okay, but don't forget. Telephone. Some guys ought to know better than call you up during working hours. Hello? Vicky. Yeah. Who is this? Slim. Slim? I thought you'd be halfway to Arizona by now. Well, I decided to stick around till things cool off. Look, Vicky, I gotta see you. Listen, Pinky won't be a friend of yours if he finds out what's been going on. Yeah, forget about Pinky. Well, look, why don't you drop in here to the joint? Jack's here and... Oh, you think I'm crazy? All right, all right. I, I get through here in about another hour or so. How about me dropping around to your place? Where is it? Never mind. Well, okay, if that's the way you feel about it, Mr. Slim, goodbye. Fine thing. Vicky, come on, I'll buy you a drink. I'll see you later. Uh, hey, Jack. You know who... Sit down, Vicky. Who's your friend here? This is Earl, um... Just Earl. Glad to see you. He's hot out of Philly. He's a friend of Big Jake. Is that so? Hotter than a two-dollar pistol. Listen, I wouldn't go shouting it all over the joint. Now look, Jack, the guys in Philly said you could help me get a room. I can't go lugging the suitcase all over town. I told you I'll help you get a room. You know of any place, Vicky? I don't know of any place. Jack, you know who that was on the phone? Oh. Slim. Slim? I thought he'd be in Arizona by now. Well, the operator didn't say nothing about long distance. Hey, you're not going to be like this guy Slim, are you, Earl? I do the guy a favor and he gets himself all jammed up. Jack. What's the matter? I didn't do him a favor? If you call making some dough off a guy a favor... How much could I make? He wouldn't give me more than 20 for the gun. Oh, let's talk about something else. Yeah, room for me, for instance. Hey, maybe we can get him Slim's room. Slim's leaving for Arizona. Well, I don't know where Slim's staying. Ah, come on, Vicky. Don't kid your Uncle Jack. You've been seeing Slim. I don't know where he lives. What do you want from me? It ain't the way I heard it. I don't care how you heard it. Look, look, this ain't getting me any place. The guy's hot around town, Earl. He's got a deal out in Arizona. He wants to get out as quick as he can. If she'll open up and tell me where he is, I'll fix it. I told you, I don't know. Okay, I can't sit around all night with a suitcase. Listen, I can't do you no good. If I could, I would. I can't. Well, what do you say we all take a ride downtown? I can't go nowhere. As I don't get off for another hour. What am I doing in your troubles anyway? Find your own room. Oh, you don't get it, Vicky. This is a pinch. I'm a police officer. What? And I don't Eddie. want any disturbance. Come on, both of you. Listen, I didn't do nothing. What do you want me for? I'm as innocent as a newborn babe. Let's just go downtown. We'll get it all straightened out. Straighten it out. Well, Captain. Put away for the night. Well, I think they've told us everything they know. Yeah, so do I. Sit down, Earl. Thanks. It was a nice piece of work. Yeah, a lot of good it does. After I covered all those joints to find him. All I know him by is Slim. Yeah. I don't know where he lives. Might be headed for Arizona any minute. I wonder what this guy has in Arizona. I don't know, but whatever it is, Captain, he sure wants to get to it. Yes. He knows he'll have a tough time getting out of this town... Earl? Yes, Captain? I think I'll have a policewoman assigned to this case. Helen Branch? 
Didn't she tell you she'd like to do something? She practically begged to help. Okay, get her on the phone. Maybe there is something she can do. What's that, Captain? This Slim, whoever he is, wants to get to Arizona. He knows we've got a good idea of what he looks like. He knows we've got the railroad stations and the buses watched. He's read about the roadblocks. Chances are he's too scared to step out of his room. Yeah, but what's that got to do with Helen Branch? He gets the papers, for sure. And hold up in that room, he probably reads every word. If you were wanted for killing a policeman, you were trying to get to Arizona, what would you do if you read an ad in the paper that went something like this? Wanted young man to drive new automobile to Arizona. Phone Mrs. Helen Branch, Central... Hey, Captain, that's the ticket. Okay, get hold of Helen and tell her what we've got in mind. You betcha, Captain, right away. What do you think, Sergeant? Do you think he didn't see the ad? Maybe, Helen. It was in this morning's paper. If he hasn't seen it by now... Well, I guess it's too much to hope for. And you know how it is in this business. You've got to wait and wait and then wait some more. And if nothing comes with the idea, we try something else. And you think there's no use? Well, we'll let the ad run tomorrow, too. If that... Uh... That's it. All right, now, take it easy. I will. If it's him, hand it like we planned. All right. Okay, pick it up. Hello? Hello, is this Mrs. Helen Branch? Yes, talking. Uh, you're the one who put the ad in this morning's Times? Yes, that's right. Well, I'll be glad to drive your car to Arizona. Uh, the ad didn't say, are you, uh, are you going along or is it going empty? Well, I'm going along. I just didn't want to do all the driving. Oh. Uh, when were you counting on leaving? Uh, tomorrow sometime. Well, that's okay with me. We'll have to exchange references, I suppose. Why don't you come over? I live at... I can't make it just now. Oh, well, can we meet someplace? Yeah, I guess we'll have to. Uh, do you want to give me your name and phone number? Well, uh, suppose we meet at 7 o'clock. Downtown on the corner of Main and Commerce. You know, in front of the drugstore. But how'll I know you? Well, what's your car look like? Oh, it's a new Pontiac four-door. Green. Pontiac four-door green. Okay. All right, then I'll see you. Main and Commerce, 7 o'clock. Uh, my name is Slim. Hello? Hello, hello? Uh, he said his name was Slim. Good work, Helen. I'm to meet him on the corner of Main and Commerce, 7 o'clock, in front of the drugstore. He'll be met, all right. That's probably the captain, but you better answer it just to make sure. Hello? This is Captain Laney, Helen. Would you let me talk to Sergeant Howard, please? He's right here, Sergeant. Thanks. Hello, Captain. I heard the conversation. Looks like the boy... How about it? Were they able to trace the call? Well, it hasn't come through yet, but... Just a second. What was that? Okay, there's a squad of detectives down there. Have them take a look around. Earl? Yeah? Call came from a pay station in the bay section. Well, that doesn't help much. He's probably gone by now. Tell her she'll have to meet the killer tonight. But tell her not to worry. We'll have every man we can spare in the neighborhood. Here again is the narrator of tonight's case, Assistant United States Attorney Frederick H. Block. In the darkness of that winter evening, the policewoman, Helen Branch, drove to the busy corner to keep her appointment with a killer. However, she was not entirely alone. The neighborhood swarmed with detectives on the alert for their man, 
and Sergeant Earl Howard was out of sight on the floor of the car, behind the seat, as she reached the rendezvous. We're lucky. There's a parking space. All right, pull in. Now turn off the motor. I, I don't see him, Sergeant. Well, if he's here, he'll take a little time to look around. Just doesn't seem... Sergeant, there's a man. He's coming. Does he fit the description? I, I can't tell yet. He... Yes. Yes, he does. Okay, don't talk to me anymore. A lady. Oh, just a second. I'm Slim. You the lady that's going to Arizona? Yes, I'm the one. Well, move over. I'll get in. We can talk about it. Well, suppose All we right, get... Slim. Hey, what Police the... officer, don't move. Now, look out. Come <laughs> behind you, Slim. Take it easy. Yeah, well, I ain't... Watch I... him! Hold you, jump! Oh, oh. That's good. That ought to hold him, Captain. Take care of this guy, man. All right. All right. Come on, you. Get on. Nice work, Helen. Thanks, Captain. All right, man. Let's get him in. That gangbusters listeners was exactly how this killer was apprehended. He was tried for the crime of first-degree murder and sentenced to death. The man who sold him the gun, an almost equal menace to society, is now serving a life term as an habitual criminal. Well, thank you, Assistant United States Attorney Frederick H. Block, for this enlightening case history. And gangbusters congratulations to all the detectives who participated in the investigation and to the brave policewoman who was of such great assistance in trapping this murderer. Tonight's case was dramatized by Stanley Ness and directed by William Sweets, with Miss Leslie Woods and Chuck Webster in leading roles. Don Gardner speaking. Gangbusters is a Phillips H. Lord production. There you have it. Gangbusters, December 18th, 1948. The case of the appointment with death. That was actually a true story. Dramatized on ABC Radio, starring Leslie Woods and Charles Webster with Don Gardner. He was really good with the plants and stuff. He would, you know, water all his plants. Is that what he did? <laughs> he watered the plants. <laughs> that Don Gardner guy. He was really I can tell good. you know a lot about gardening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. You know, you water I do not and... have a, a green thumb at no. all, no. No. I'm surprised. No, not <laughs> in the least. All right, hope you enjoyed that. Time for this month in music history. All right, and this uh, hour we're on to 1973. I'm coming home. I've done my time. Tony Orlando and Dawn. That's it. What is it? Isn't my tie yellow ribbon round the old oak tree? If you right. a letter telling you, you I'll soon be free. Do you know what it's about? What to do when you still want me? If you still want me. Well, tie a yellow ribbon around you. Oh, so it's from the point of view of someone who's done his time in prison. Right. And he's writing to her, you like, know. Do you still woman. want me or not? Right. Do you, if you do, tie a yellow, yellow ribbon, ribbon around the old not, tree in front of the house. And, yeah. um and then the bus. he comes Forget back, and guess us. what? Put the blame on me. 
There's a hundred yellow ribbons around the tree. Right ribbon round the old oak tree. I'd actually like to hear more of the song and less of Carol singing. <laughs> I got you on that. I can't. We can't help it. <laughs> what I might see. It's a great song. It is. This was his signature song. I know it. Like an iconic song. Yeah. Remember, um, he had his own show, too, Tony uh, yes. Orlando and Don. Yes, and I remember that. it was that. like a variety show. Mm-hmm. There were so many variety shows back then. Yes. And remember how cute the two girls were, Dawn? They they were like, they were Dawn. That's right. who Dawn was. Two, right. Two women. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still want me? Hear them in the background? Yeah. Still want me. Want me. <laughs> Yo, little All right. Thanks, Lisa. Sure. Well, all right, more of Hollywood 360 after this. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Lisa Wolf, that's about a wrap here on Hollywood 360. Next week, Mr. and Mrs. North, the Jack Benny program. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. That's for Mike. The Damon Runyon Theater and Inner Sanctum Mystery. What a great lineup. Don't miss it. Be sure to visit our official website, Hollywood360radio.com. From my co-host, Lisa Wolf, that's you. From my executive producer, Mike Costella, that's Mike. And from my crabby brother, Vince Amari, this is Carl Amari saying, Stay safe out there. Be healthy. And thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great quick motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.